Today, we're going to discuss Project Chaos and the pitfalls of designing your own supercar. Hey everybody and welcome back to Car Side Chat. This is your host Primo and today I got this new really cool thing that got sent over to me called Project Chaos. It's something that I, I get a ton of these cars. I don't think people realize how many times I get stuff like this emailed over to me or mailed to me and said hey there's this new thing take a look at it and there's some things on this that i really think are choice and cue that i really want to go over that are that are big deal but the thing that is kind of unfortunate about this is that a lot of these designs end up going by the wayside they end up falling down or just not working out and that's some, something i'm going to go over here i'm going to check this car out i'm going to see what things i think work what things i think don't work um i've had the honor of being around some of these great designs that have come into the states and been a part of uh, groups that have brought stuff in that uh, we thought were going to be big or things that actually did become big so uh, it's something i want to put a little bit of you know a little bit of my own little twist in here and kind of give you the pitfalls that actually happen to somebody that's bringing into these cars you, there's a lot of the stuff that doesn't make it but before we do that obviously like and subscribe don't forget to hit the bell icon we're working on some more stuff to put in here there was some commercials or something like that that uh some people were putting into it so we're gonna look into doing some of that stuff uh and doing some things you know just getting more products out there to you uh we have another product that's gonna be coming up soon uh check these out i want to thank everybody that's been looking at our shorts uh we've been obviously we have a ton of footage of these cars doing driveaways burnouts all sorts of fun stuff and you guys really seem to like it in the short section so check it out we're gonna be putting some more stuff in there just anything fun to put up so that's the thing is we got some crazy stuff out there that you're gonna be able to take a look at so if you haven't looked at our short section definitely take a look at it we we do posts and pictures and things like that that really don't work well for video so hey take a look at it it's great um and we are going to be having some apparel this right here is for the kind of the members only section so uh if that's something you can go over to executive automotive society.com uh and then sign up or see you know where you're at if you're in the local area uh, we're going to be doing a lot of events next year really working on it now but i don't want to get too far off the weeds here so project chaos check a look take a look at this thing this is crazy out there this is designed in greece by uh, i'm gonna try to pronounce this right i'm trying to really get my pronunciations nailed down here but spiros panopolis automotive they say they're calling this the new ultra sports car so uh i think it's sp project chaos a lot of these guys love using this sp stuff i guess it's the new thing was it sp3 or the, you know all these other wordings i guess it's kind of catchy if you have your sp in there maybe we should add sp to our show uh but yeah so the typical stuff f1 inspired extensive this is new though 3d printing with a very exotic materials uh they're saying it's going to come in two trims but the big deal is going to be it's a four liter v10 twin turbo it's going to come with chaos earth mode at 2100 horsepower and then you get it as chaos zero gravity with 3100 horsepower wow it's that's quite the numbers we got there it's not the first time i've heard big numbers before uh but yeah it's a monocoque chassis that's made out of zion and i guess i have to do a little bit more research on what zion is i always hear these crazy you know products that they make this stuff out of and 
it's always new and cutting edge. I think with 3D printing, I think we are going to see a lot more of that. And I think some of that is going to stick if you can make it work. And some of these guys are making this 3D printing stuff work. Now, I don't understand why people don't jump on board with it a lot of times. But uh, it's going to come with the typical alloy wheels. But they're going to use, uh, they, they really go into the type of materials they use, like titanium, magnesium, carbon fiber. Uh, those are, you know, pretty standardized kind of stuff out there that people use. Uh, but they're saying 20 units for each continent. He has an interesting way of, of selling that out there. Uh, but it's going for the probably about 100 units. So we expect about 100 of these cars is what their plan is. Uh, but again, all this stuff is based on people who actually want to order these cars. So the goal is they're going to go after the Nürburgring record from the Porsche 911 GT2 RS. Now, here's my thing, and I give the input from this route. If you're making a 2100-horsepower 21 horse, 21 car, I think the 911 GT2 RS is kind of like nothing, right? I mean, why go for the little numbers? We can go for big numbers. You're F1-inspired, like destroy the Nürburgring. You should go out there and make, what is it, the, um, I, I think there was a record a while ago with the um, the Pagani Zonda R or whatever that the, they were doing some kind of crazy lap on, like 720 or something, 719. I forgot the number before. But uh, why, why not go for that? Why not go for the big performance numbers? Why not go with these? This is the thing that I see with some of these is it's all about marketing. I mean, we've been let down before. And so this is where I'm kind of, looking at this and saying you know we're kind of checking all the boxes and that goes into for instance ultra sports cars we're gonna make a new name for something we're gonna do all this but the the words titanium magnesium carbon fiber zion alloys this is something that we've heard all before it's not something new and it's really just the design that's really got to capture you so that's the thing is I don't want to keep people away from designing cars and I don't want to keep people from going away from stuff that's exciting uh, but the thing is, is I think everything is for this car is a little bit too big. I think if we came out with this car and they said, you know, chaos earth mode was about 500 horsepower, 600 horsepower, probably look at that and say, Hey, those are doable numbers. Um, if you said four liter V 10, uh, straight, or even with the twin turbo setup and then set a gentle 500, 600 horsepower. I think a lot of people would look at that and kind of say, and remember, this does not, there's a lot of people out there that will look at this and get excited about it and say, hey, that's the new car. We should be excited about it. Or, you know, we'll see something. I mean, look at the brakes on this thing. I mean, the design for it is perfect. But the thing is, is we see these numbers and all those buyers out there seeing is a car that's going to break. They don't see this being put together in a certain way. One thing, and we had the the picture of the um, the pistons that were in this, and then the words like three D printing. And a lot of times, you see this stuff; it looks really good on paper, but and it's artistic. Don't get me wrong, but nobody sees this as something that's doable. And I think that's where the the problem comes into play here, because I want to get excited about this. I want to see twenty one hundred horsepower, thirty one hundred horsepower. But I've seen this before. This is not the first time, and I've seen it hundreds of times and that's the scary part about it is, is you think oh well you know how many times do you see that kind of stuff there was a point when the one company brought out um i'm not going to remember the name of the place that designed the engine for it but they designed a 2000 horsepower engine and it was mere moments before we saw another company that was jumping on board and had you know we're going to make this car it's going to have 2000 horsepower oh i think it was nelson racing that's what it was they made their their engine but the thing was, is I looked at him and I said, 
I know exactly which engine they're going to use for this car. And the funny thing was they spent a lot of money really pushing this car design, putting it out there, and then to come to find out they never they never even made a car. Um, this design stuff is not easy. It is not for the meek of heart. So the thing that I really want to go into, and it's really about the design section of it, of saying, hey, you know, I, I want to design a car. A lot of you guys do. A lot of people I talk to, there's their kind of vision of saying, I want to design a car and I want to make something new and I want to make something inventive. Uh, and it's a hurdle that kind of is tough to get over. So let's say you want to get into something. A lot of people look and say, I have a design that's unique. And then they show you the design. And if you really take it apart, it's really design that isn't unique. It's a design we've seen a hundred times before. Anybody can take a pen and a piece of paper. I've done it and sit down and design a car doesn't mean that the car is going to be anything effective or be able to function. There's a lot of moving parts in a car, but there's also a very a simplistic way of doing a car. So sometimes somebody will show me something that other people would look at and say, it's very lackluster. It doesn't have a lot of pop to it. And I'll look at a car like that and I'll go, you know what? That car might actually do well. And the worst part is, is that it's it's kind of the seesaw thing. So you have people that go extreme. So they go to this, you know, 2,100 horsepower. I'm going to make crazy numbers and do all this other stuff. And they don't get a lot of excitement for it because it's too far off in left field. Uh, and then you have somebody that will make something that's very tame, timid, uh, something that would actually probably sell fairly well if you think about it. I mean, looking at like, you know, old Mercy Lagos or something. It's very simplistic design to it. Uh, simple wedge, you know, that kind of concept. And those cars, they're not driven enough to really take it and say, we're going to go to the next level with it. Um, what ends up happening most of the times, if you're lucky, is you are one of these extreme people that come in with this artistic design, um, which you know, we'll go over Bertone here in a second, that would come in with something and say, here's this crazy design. And then you give it to somebody like Audi or some big brand or somebody who has some kind of placement or has been in the industry a while. And what they do is they take it and they kind of tone it down. The concept cars that you see are never the concept cars that are made. And the reason is because you start getting into things like price. And there's a lot of groups that are involved, uh, especially with accounting. Account the bean counters, you're always going to have to run into them. And if you ignore them, what's going to end up happening is the bean counters are the guys that are saying, this is how much it costs. And the thing is, designers and artists, this is the worst for us, especially because I'm I'm kind of in that middle ground for it. Is here I am as an artist, and I want to design something that gets really crazy, gets out of control. And then all of a sudden, I have a bean counter someplace going, oh, well, you want to use carbon fiber wheels, it's going to cost this much. And that's how much you have to invest in it. And then, But as an artist, you don't want to do that. You think that anything that you do is some sort of, hindrance to your end goal design uh but in reality it's these bean counters are actually doing their best to kind of hold you back and rein you in because you got to go hey if that if you got a million dollars to put into this stuff which is a good number to start with per se uh but yeah there comes a point when you, you can either do the the regular wheels you can do something design oriented um or you can not worry about marketing and then the car is going to fail it's those little things like marketing that people don't pay attention to that really bite them later down the road. And there's things like this that, you know, it's out there, but the, where's the marketing? Where's the stuff that's getting to the people that are the true buyers, the true collectors, that kind of stuff. See what I'm saying? You, there's a normal person out there looking at videos. You can get very excited um, about, so for instance, 
very exciting looking car go look at the car and look at the closeness of it look at the design of the interior the little things about it, the zero percent marketing on it the kind of like the flash in the pan kind of thing and you start seeing a trend that started for me back in probably the early 80s and something that i've seen repeat over and over again um so yeah that's the thing is like i said we've heard of a ton of these cars so i want to go over a couple that really we have heard before so for instance again there's a car that i mean we had some psychopath put it on their channel and say that it was all you know here's this a real car it's really going to drive and never seen a driving car but yet it's going to be all over instagram it's going to be all over this hype imagine that's real free marketing and for a car that literally just it was too big of a dream the the size of it was too big and then it was closed in and, and it was like oh you know we spent too much here in the design of the engine and now we can't make a car um perfect example of a car that you know hey i'm going to make three thousand horsepower well guess what the engine's going to cost you thirty thousand to fifty thousand dollars and you go Ooh, okay that's a problem then you get to remember that it's not just buying the twenty thousand dollar engine it's putting the design in to actually put it in the car and make it functional so and this the other thing is this i've seen thousands of models out there that were actually viable from big viable companies i'll give you a good example here if you look it up the me412 chrysler decided they were going to make basically their new big supercar something that was going to kind of take over and they used uh mercedes amg engines i want to say because very pagani-ish and um the me412 had to do with four turbos uh 12 cylinders it was a very cool car very cool design i thought it was great they had three cars one test uh, two test mules um you've actually seen if you've ever seen some of my pictures i you can see a picture of me with uh, the actual what they call the production car so it was the actual car with a real interior uh, that we got to use and it was just a real I loved it I thought it was the greatest thing ever and they really got into that end result of what do we do and the big question that they had with it we can even sell a car for we can sell a couple of cars a hundred cars for a million dollars or we can sell a good grouping of cars for about five hundred thousand to something a piece and the timing on it was in a time when people weren't really spending a lot of money and they were coming into areas where Chrysler was kind of hurting for cash so it just ended up being a mothball car so here's a car from a big company that made it the distance and then said you know we're not going to make it uh jaguar uh x the xc i think it was there was um, a hybrid version of a car that they made they ended up there's going to make a ton of the cars i think it was like 45 50 i mean a lot for for a very bespoke vehicle like that so it was supposed to be partial electric it was going to use um an engine to power the batteries in it uh what ended up happening again comes into a time when they really weren't ready to invest in a model like that and they ended up making like two cars jay leno has one of those uh still a very cool car a lot of people say they didn't produce it they did actually produce it but they kept it in so few numbers that it was more like you're buying a concept thing um and that's the thing is those are big companies that fail um one that we were involved in the original gumperts the gumpert apollos that came into the u.s people think well they produced them they did but we had two in the u.s that was it the first two cars were was one test car that came in that was driven uh that ended up being going on the gumball run uh and then after that there were two design cars that came in they were built and then they were passed around back and forth a couple of times and then they disappeared like and those cars really get beat up, they get brought up, they get sold again. 
they made the cycle. But for the most part, here's a big brand. I mean, here's Gumpert. I mean, that's something you'd go out there. You've seen a lot of it, made a lot of excitement. I know Gumpert's going back into the market and bringing something out. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. But that's the reality you have to learn is it. this is a tough market. If you're going to design something like this, you have to learn that even the best person fails. Uh, and it usually fails with the more ambitious it is. So you set this goal and you put it up way up in the extremes. And what happens is the more extreme it is, the more it, it, it doesn't work. And it doesn't work because there's all these little things that are going into this balance, this balancing act of getting this car out there. And it's something that, like I said, even big brands don't get. Look at look at Maybach. Maybach was a great brand. Maybach had history. Maybach had all sorts of stuff that was going for it. And people today still question why Maybach failed. It doesn't make sense. Mercedes spent trillions of dollars trying to put this brand up. And it was a brand that a lot of us really, really loved. Uh, but that thing is, is, it really didn't catch on with the buyers that were supposed to be buying it. And the numbers were really low. Uh, another example here is it's uh, the Mantide, the Bertone Mantide. Bertone is, you know, a noted company. They were a company that had was involved in the design of the Lamborghini Countach. Here's a company that you kind of said, hey, if these guys are going to design a car, they have to come out with something good. Well, they ended up going with a ZR1 platform. They would call it the Mantide. So they were using a pre-existing platform. And I think really what the design point of it was was to get Bertone out of bankruptcy. The point was to be able to dodge bankruptcy and to do that, they were going to design this car and sell a bunch of them. And that way they could sell, I think they only need to sell like 10 cars. They ended up selling one. And it was to somebody that I knew that brought it, drove it all around the place. So, I mean, it went to Pebble Beach. It was everywhere. Everybody was talking about this car. Maybe it was because it was a ZR1 platform that people just looked at it and said, oh, it's, it's a three-body Corvette. Why am I spending $2 million when I could just get a Corvette? So, and Mantad, uh, excuse me, Bertone ended up declaring bankruptcy in 2014. There's still people that, you know, do stuff with it and keep it running as much as they can. But that's the thing is, is we, where does that future go? And that's the thing that kills me because a lot of times I was amazed that Lamborghini even was able to withstand the test of time. Um, they, they just really worked because of really good marketing. And I think the history of the brand itself, people didn't want it to die. Countach had something that was kind of like the anchor that kept it above it. And what ended up happening was, I mean, we there's so many times, oh, it just, it hurts my head to think about it right now to look back and go, uh, when Megatech purchased it, I really thought that was it. It was over. There was part where they're supplying engines to vector, Doing a lot of things that I didn't really, a lot of people said not Lamborghini, um, but the Diablo was still doing okay. It wasn't crazy, but Lamborghini had really dodged bankruptcy more times than we could count. Uh, it wasn't until Audi really picked it up. Now, what? why do I say Audi? Why was that 1998, August 24th, 1998, I think it was? Why was that purchase so important? And was because there was not only an influx of cash, but oh, that's the fix, right? No. There was marketing that went into it. There was a lot of this thing of people who had identified with the Lamborghini brand and had really said, you know, we don't want this to go away. And we took a lot of hits from doing things that I guess weren't Lamborghini-esque at the time. But the reality was, is this is was Lamborghini. And the funny thing now is, is I have people who are 
friends that are really just religious. They love their Lamborghini. It's the only car for them. It's just, and it just continues to give to them over and over again. I think some of them would like to see cars like Kona Seg or, you know, Pagani, that kind of thing. But here's the higher price point. So they can get into their Gallardos or Huracans or, or Aventadors or Murcielagos and even Diablos. They're guys that are buying Countach's right now. It's crazy. But this is the thing is, is there's marketing to it that is so important that makes an ideology behind the car. It's not just some leaf in the wind. It's not a feather that's just trying to make it to that next goal. It's not a company that is bankrupt trying to get to that next level. Lamborghini had a strong platform. They had an influx of cash. They had a good push of marketing and they survived. And now they're, I mean, I remember when the first time I'd heard, I hadn't heard the company say it was profitable in so long it, it hurt my head. And suddenly here it was. This is profitable. We we have a profitable brand. And I just, I was so excited about it. Now we, you know, the only thing that I'm kind of depressed about is the stock, which was the V10 four-door that they were having. They never really did that, uh, which I really would have loved to have seen. Some people look at me, I'm crazy. Some people don't like the idea that they made an SUV. But the SUV has sold immensely. And the performance of it is incredible. If you haven't driven one, drive it because you, you, you'll just go, wow. And that's the thing. Notice that factor. Anybody can attain this. I can get into it. I can drive it. It's not too crazy. And it's an experience to drive it. And it is. It really is a different experience. It's what has really brought these brands up. You can't just throw a ton of money at something, put a lot of horsepower into a car and expect it to like sell it doesn't work there has to be something about it that you know that works like i said if i'm designing a car i'd probably design a car right now i'd probably be into that porsche area probably at 400 500 horsepower tops and just kind of you know make it work you know what i mean so what i am not saying and i don't want you to get this the wrong way i don't want you to say um don't design something i'm not wanting you to, to to stop dreaming i don't want you artists out there that want to design a car to stop thinking about designing cars in fact i, I want you to do it more but i want you to be successful if we're going to have the next kona seg or pagani or any of these big brands out there we you, you can't take it lightly you don't get crazy about this really kind of reel everything in and don't let your you know, that type of activity take over and just run with the from the goalposts. You know what I mean? You really have to be able to have this restraint system of being able to look at the entire picture, the entire package. Um, look at the first Kona Seg, and I think that was the best one. I think it was the CC. Uh, and it was a shorter letter, so it was CC, then the CCR, and the CCX, and that kind of stuff. But the, the big thing about the Kona Seg was is it was function over form. It was a notable design. It had real numbers. It wasn't crazy. Um, and now they can do anything they want. Now they have uh, cars that will run, you know, pure ethanol fuel. They have uh, vehicles that then it'll do both gas and ethanol. It runs better on ethanol. It runs higher horsepower. They've set lane speed records. They've done all this other stuff. But they had, that was the thing is about it. It was just notably looking, but functionally sound. And if you looked at that car, the first CC, you it, when I first saw it, I really liked the wheels, but it did not ring out to me as like the best looking car that was ever made. It didn't. But if you sat in it and you drove it, you knew that this was something that was the next, wow, this thing has got something. And then they kind of take those little designs and they did little things here, but the idea was the aerodynamics to it. 
the uh, tetral hydro something doors. I'm damn, I'm gonna remember that. So I'm gonna put it down someplace and just start re- reciting it over and over again. But um, but yeah, that was the thing is is the doors were just something that grabbed you. Wasn't crazy out there. The car was a little bit good. Then they had the old whole idea of we want to make a car that really is fast. Uh, and then continue to take that little fast and make it a little bit faster, a little bit more aerodynamic, a little bit more functional, a little bit this and a little bit that. It started building up to it. Uh, and then the big thing for Koenigsegg was really, I think the best thing that ever happened to them was their breakout moment was being on top gear uh, and having the Stig drive the car and just go, this thing is nuts. Then they ended up crashing it like it was, you know, whatever. And then the thing was, is they said, look, we're not giving up here. We're going to be back. What do you think we should do? And they said, put a wing on it. And they put this wing. And the wing was hilarious, like this little bitty wing that they put on it. And that was the thing is they brought this new wing out. And then they, I think they were the number one on the test track or something like that. It didn't even see him saying it doesn't even matter what it was. It was just so exciting to be a part of the story. And that story was part of the marking that made Kona Sagan. Once you knew Christian, you knew the dude was just, I mean, he's got, his thinking is out there he just knows all this engineering that i think that like we're saying with the artistic side of it here's the point where it gets crazy i know if he was going to make something it would be so far out in left field but it would be would be as functional as it possibly could and this is what i'm talking about you need to ring it in make it a real number and now for him if he said 2000 horsepower 2100 horsepower for a car we wouldn't even bat an eye we'd be like yeah that's exactly what i expect from kona say and there's where things go the right way now those numbers are not even important anymore it's just the name that's carrying that plate with it and it's got people that like it i've always been it's funny because i kind of consider myself a lambo guy but a lot of times i look at that konasek design and i said hey they they got it right so uh it just the difference between having a car that's two million dollars like i'm just looking at the camaro which we had the ability to go next to uh, for one of our shows, and I forgot, I think it was the Jesco that uh, we were we were with that time. And here's these cars that were just like, yeah, it's amazing, and just being part of that history. But they's really that it really was, and the beauty of it was the cars that were art in motion. So yeah, that's the thing is, is that's what I want to give a little bit of advice to you guys out there that are you know starving artists that are really looking to get to that next level, and you want that next level to be a car. I like I said, I want you to be that next level i want you to be able to take those designs and artists out there i don't want you to be the starving artist i want you to take that stuff and say i can really make this happen uh, this is how i do it you know do it within the constraints of reality but now is the best time to do it so if you look at it we have look at the stuff that we have access to 3d printing 3d design uh, everybody out there has some sort of I mean, the internet out there, I, it was so funny back in the 80s or 90s, I would, you, you, you were starving. You really were trying to find somebody that would be able to design a chassis or design something just for a race car. Today, you can go on, I bet you'd probably go on Fiverr and find somebody that can design something for you, put it into a, a program, put everything together and say, you know, okay, I need this done a certain way and this is what the design and have a one-off car that, you know, is basically like a kit car or something and and do it from the ground up it's totally doable it's something i've actually considered doing with some existing framework and that's the beauty of it is we have a ton of existing framework out there that we can say hey you know what i'm the busted up car that's been in a crash 
we now have access to stuff like that, which we didn't before. I mean, try to find an old busted up card, try to get it from somebody. They want all the money for it today. It's this stuff is regularly out there. You want to find an old Mercy Lago frame from an accident or something. Take that frame back, take the body off of it, remake a new body, do the stuff you need to do to it. There's your design right there, and it's on an existing architecture that works. Let's be honest, Konosig, the first time it got hit stuff, it didn't use an engine that anybody else had designed. It actually used a Ford engine to do its first stuff. It was an Audi one before, but Audi didn't like being done aftermarket, so that was the end of that. But the thing is, they use a Ford engine. They use it. I mean, Porsche, for instance, is the king of their early stuff. Like everything on it was, you know, this company, this company, this company. And that's what made companies like, you know, uh, Brembo, Bilstein, um, and just so many brands out there that I, Pirelli was my company. Like all the companies that I love were cars that were, they, that's the stuff that they offered for these companies to put on their cars. So here's all these brands that come together to make a car in that design. And those are, that's networking, that's friendship. So that's the other thing you don't, you got to be a networking. We keep saying this, but people don't want to listen to me. They just want to do their own thing and they want to keep, oh, and we keep it close to myself and not let anybody know about it. Okay. If you, if you're training on a diet, if you're planning on designing something and you're not planning on jumping in and having 20,000 people in, as part of it, don't, yeah, you're right, give it up because it's never going to happen. You, we, teams that we had, any kind of design stuff that we had, there was probably 50, 100 people. I mean, it's just going to happen, especially with the companies that you deal with, all the different people that you're going to handshake with, email make phone calls there's a lot of that running around and getting stuff so and the other thing is you're using existing architecture so use it make it work i mean that's that's really there's a lot of this stuff but like i said if you get into it for any length of time you'll find out how actually simple it is but how difficult the application is uh but that's the thing is is that's a learning curve that's the experience of it and that's what makes it fun so Thank you guys for taking a look at this. I hope somebody learned something out of this. I hope that, I mean, that's the thing is, is I see seeing these great cars out there, these great designs and stuff, and I just see them. It's like you so got it. Like this car, Project Chaos, you guys are so close to, if you do, to getting it right and being able to nail it. And the biggest hump and hurdle is actually making a real car and having it out there. And that's the thing is, is I want to keep getting designs, but I just... I hate getting these designs. I hate getting these emails, cars that we want to feature and put up like this right here, and then come to find out like it, they just there's no foundation that I'm like, oh, it's great, but even with a great name to it, it's not going to carry it. There's I can see where things are falling apart and what's going to end up happening. And I hate being right about this stuff. I want to be wrong. So that's the thing is, is I'm hoping that I can get a little bit out there and. Give you guys the ability to do it right. Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been Car Side Chat. We're headed into Thanksgiving. We're going to be off for a couple of days here uh, as we rebuild and put stuff together for some of our other new stuff. It's been very exciting stuff, and I hope you guys will tune in for it. Uh, we'll see you soon. Check out these other videos. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We will talk to you soon, and have a great day.